Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. Falls are one of the leading causes of injury for older Americans, and vestibular system disorders are a leading cause of balance problems, which often lead to falls. In this episode of Move Forward Radio, physical therapist R.J. Williams describes not only how our vestibular system works, but also how problems with the vestibular system can be treated through physical therapy. Vestibular rehabilitation is rapidly evolving. Today, it's being offered even to elite athletes who rely on balance to perform on the field of play. But one thing hasn't changed. Waiting until we fall to address balance problems is waiting too long. For more on that topic, here's our interview with R.J. Williams. Okay, R.J., so the vestibular system, tell me what it is, what does it do? Well, the vestibular system is a set of sensors in the inner ear. You have one on each side of your skull, and I tell my patients it works kind of like the accelerometer in your phone. So nowadays, everybody has a smartphone. The screen orientation changes. There's a device in there that tells the phone that you've turned it. Our vestibular system does that for our body. It gives us our awareness of where we're at in space. So when you turn your head, move forward, backwards, up and down, it's telling your brain and your body that you've changed positions. So the vestibular system can lead to multiple conditions or problems with the vestibular system, I should say. And we'll talk about some of those later, but one of the big things obviously will be falls related. A third of the population over 65 and about half over 80 will have a fall this year. Falls can be so traumatic in terms of the cost and other injuries and other problems that can result because of falls. What are the common ingredients of those falls, and is the vestibular system usually the leading cause, or is it just one of potentially many problems? Falls are a huge challenge facing our country right now. We know for older adults, it's imbalance and falls-related issues is one of the number one reasons people are going to see their doctors, and definitely the vestibular system is involved. We see it a lot based off of the nature of our practice here, but we're pretty confident that over 50% of the population at 65 and older has vestibular weakness. So the vestibular system decreases with age in general. So as we get older, the system, the nerve firing, the hair cells in there don't work as well as they did when we were in our teens and in our 20s and and things like that. But the patients that are coming to see us, they're actually testing below age match norms for people their age. What we see with that is poor reaction times poor ability to navigate in their home when it's dark. So getting up to use the bathroom in the middle of the night is a big problem. You layer that on top of comorbidities of peripheral neuropathy or decreased sensation from your feet, now you don't have as good of a sense of where you're moving about your house because your feet aren't giving you good information. You're walking around in the dark or in another case where maybe your vision isn't as good as it used to be either the vision system decreases as we get older as well. We kind of look at the vestibular system as a master sense in that it's always active. Gravity is always affecting the system. So if the inner ear isn't perceiving motion that well, it's very, very hard to know where you're at in space. When you start adding in the other changes that happens 
to our bodies as we get older, then definitely the risk for falls grows exponentially. We kind of talk with our patients here as a move it or lose it principle, which kind of correlates to most physical therapy, but you've got to stimulate the vestibular system to stay healthy. So on that note, the erosion, the sort of move it or lose it, I think losing it is an easy concept for people to understand. It just basically stops working. But if we think about non-vestibular issues, we think about somebody with a musculoskeletal issue, it's very easy for people to imagine, okay, my arm is weak, I make it stronger. When you're talking about the vestibular system and you use that great example from before about, you know, a phone's orientation and kind of translating that to the human body, I assume most people would think like, well, it works or it doesn't work. But you mentioned, you know, vestibular weakness. So is this system something that can actually be not just protected, but can it regain strength? Can it become stronger? Can physical therapy do that? Definitely. So when we look at the vestibular weakness, we can look at it from a couple standpoints. We have the vestibulospinal reflex, which is the way our ears talk to our core musculature to keep us upright and steady as we move through space. And then we have our vestibular ocular reflex, which is how our ears talk to our eyes to keep images clear as we turn our head left and right, up and down, side to side, while we're walking around. And we've been able to demonstrate now for years that we can improve these with therapy. Now, therapy gets kind of, people walk into our clinic and they see people doing things that are not your traditional outpatient physical therapy, but it's really focused on improving the vestibular system. So... I use a really interesting example. We've gotten to test some semi-professional and professional athletes in the Las Vegas area here that come to one of our clinics for sports training, and we've tested their vestibular ocular reflex on a test where you shake your head side to side, and you're looking at basically like an eye chart, or in this case, our computer flashes letters at them. And we've been able to test them and find if they've got weakness left to right or overall system weakness, and we've found that even in these high-level athletes, and we've given them a bunch of exercises to train their vestibular systems, and now they're performing over twice the normal functional level based off of research. So they're seeing things moving their heads at speeds of 300 plus degrees per second, and they're able to see letters clearly on a computer screen. It's incredible. So that's magnificent, and I grasp, obviously, being able to identify the problem by using these tests. Now let's spend some time here and give me a sense of what the vestibular rehabilitation actually looks like. So you identify somebody has one of these problems. What does your physical therapy for them probably entail? What the vestibular rehab would entail is after we get our kind of diagnostics on what systems are weak, so is it solely just the vestibular system? Or do we have some musculoskeletal issues involved, too, where maybe we're missing ankle range of motion or strength out of the legs? Therapy becomes a very specific program at improving these. Some of the vestibular exercises were challenging the patient's postural systems by putting them on unsteady objects, things that maybe kind of sway back and forth, or compliant surfaces like foam and cushions and pillows. We use a trampoline in here, too, because it creates some bobbing motion, up and down motion that stimulates the utricle and saccule in the inner ear, which are different than the semicircular canals, so they perceive different motion. So we're providing these inputs, these stimulus, but we couple it with a task. So sometimes it's keeping an image clear. This comes back to that VOR concept. So you're looking at a target and maybe bouncing or turning your head. But then we'll also add in different exercises where maybe it's walking with your eyes closed, but putting your head in different positions. A lot of patients joke that they feel like they couldn't pass a sobriety test if they got stopped by the police 
And sometimes that's almost what therapy looks like. We're having people walk in tandem with their heads tipped back and their eyes closed because it really challenges their body's spatial awareness. Sometimes we'll have people turn their body with their eyes closed and try to open up their eyes on a target again. So kind of knowing where you're at in space, knowing how much you've moved in space and being able to spot specific targets. So it sounds like to a degree in some of these that you're almost trying to shut down the use of one sense to build up use of other senses, which I'm imagining then is part of that strengthening of the vestibular system. Does that roughly sound right? That is spot on. We will see patients like a computerized dynamic posturography, what we call the CDP, is a test that's commonly used in vestibular clinics. You basically stand on a force plate and it looks at how the body does under different conditions. Eyes opened, eyes closed. It's got these surrounding walls that can move around you. The force plate, the surface that you're standing on can tip and move. So that lets us see the whole gamut of systems that keep you balanced. So we may see somebody prefers their vision. They have really strong vision scores, but they're weak on sensation and they're weak in inner ear vestibular performance. So now we definitely take away their vision on most of the exercises. So we take away their preferred system and force their body to use the other systems. What's interesting is how much it seems to equate to when people think about other sorts of physical therapy where somebody might have overcompensation injury with, you know, the quads are built up and maybe the hamstrings are weak. Essentially, you're almost transitioning that into what they sense at the kind of neurological function. Is that right? Exactly. And then it comes down to some of our testing that we do. In our clinic, we actually have an in-house audiologist. We have an audiologist department within our practice, which is awesome for us. We share patients kind of back and forth, and they do some of our diagnostic vestibular testing. When we're able to start to pinpoint, is it a peripheral vestibular issue coming from the ear, or is it more of a central issue coming from like the brainstem or the cerebellum, something like that, again, it just tailors our therapy and makes it very, very specific to what's going on. So when we think about candidates for vestibular rehabilitation like this, obviously somebody who's a fall risk, and we'll kind of loop back to that later. You mentioned working with athletes. That would make sense because they're in a performance environment where balance is almost always key, almost regardless of the sport. Beyond that, who else could benefit from analysis or rehabilitation of this stuff? There's some really, really cool things coming out, and I think as we move more into the Internet age and people are sharing information rapidly at light speed, physical therapy as a whole is just going to continue to get so much better. Just the other day, I got an email across my desk of a correlation between otitis media infections, so like middle ear infections in children, and how that causes delays in the vestibular system, and in turn, then delays to hit the milestones as these kids progress through their early years. And there's a group out of Colorado that's using a special chair to provide vestibular input for children with cerebral palsy. So the vestibular system we're learning now plays a huge role in early development and getting sensitized to movement. And it's funny when we look at kids who are very active and doing somersaults and cartwheels and seem like you can't keep kids down. Kids just want to move that they're causing all this stimulation to the system, the system gets very, very, very strong. And you look at it at the opposite end of the spectrum with the older adults who at times don't move as much as they should and they end up kind of feeling confined to the couch. And now when they start to try to move, it's such a shock to that vestibular system. They almost become nauseated because they haven't moved and stimulated that system. 
So we see vestibular issues in our clinic in kids as young as four, all the way to adults into their late 90s even. I think we've worked with a couple patients in their hundreds. What about people who have had concussions? Are they likely candidates for vestibular rehab? Yes. Actually, there's some really exciting stuff coming out, like the UPMC data from University of Pittsburgh Medical Center is a huge mecca for concussion health right now. Vestibular is a component that people weren't really addressing. We look at like exertion therapy. Can we put this athlete on a treadmill and just see if we jack their heart rate up? Do they become symptomatic? Well, what happens when they don't? Vestibular systems were being poorly regulated. So you have to think about when an athlete gets hit and their brain, you know, obviously crashes into the skull cavity and suffers trauma, the vestibular system sits in a cavity in the skull and does very much the same thing. So there's a lot of force that gets put onto that vestibular system and it gets all out of whack. And now we're really starting to learn that some of the symptoms that post-concussed athletes are having may be vestibular driven. And so we bring them in and we look at like oculomotor, how are their eyes moving and tracking. We look at how well they converge and diverge. We look at things like accommodation from their visual system, and then as well, what's their vestibular system performing like? And a lot of times, these people are just lost. These athletes are lost in space, and they're really struggling as they change positions rapidly with things like ophthalopsia, which is blurry vision with quick head motion. And for athletes, it's vital that they're able to move their head very, very quickly and keep things clear. And so we're very excited to be a part of the rehab for post-concussed athletes in this area. And the vestibular system, I think, is one of the biggest keys that are going to help people get better faster, but also keep athletes out when it's appropriate. So we're finding people will pass certain tests, like the neurocognitive, neuropsych tests. They'll pass exertion, but they still kind of complain of symptoms, but they've passed all the tests, so they get cleared to play where this vestibular testing will kind of catch some of those ongoing deficits and we can get them diagnosed appropriately, treated appropriately, and back to play appropriately. So, you know, to go back to the falls risk thing, there's too many people who probably think that they're healthy, feel fine, don't realize that they are a fall risk until they fall. And now they realize they had an balance problem that maybe they didn't appreciate. So is there an age range at which somebody kind of by rule should just sort of start to take balance a little bit more seriously? And are there any sort of pre-fall warning signs for somebody who's either in middle age or some other age that, you know, you might want to look into your balance now, your vestibular system now, before you have that fall? You know, there's kind of a really silly, easy one. Ask yourself if you sit down to put your shoes on or put your socks on. So that single limb stance, getting on one foot for a second to you know, put a sock on, if you feel really unsteady doing that, that may be an indicator that your just balance systems are weak, whether it's vestibular or not. It could be you know, unilateral stance weakness, things like that. But we use a couple simple tests when we go out into the community to help screen for falls. A lot of the standardized tests, like the timed up and go, single limb stance, Romberg, feet together next to each other, close your eyes. There's some pretty simple things you can do at home. Walk me through the timed up and go for someone who doesn't know what that looks like. Sure. So if you set a chair up in an area where you can walk about 10 feet or about 3 meters and turn around and come back to your chair, it's the time that it takes for you to stand up, make that distance, turn around, come back, and return back to seated is a predictor of falls risk. So 
seven to ten seconds is somebody that's moving pretty good, we're not super concerned about that. They start approaching 14 seconds, 15 seconds, or even higher than that, that's an easy indicator that that person is a candidate for balance retraining therapy. Give me one others that you tend to use in those clinics. Try standing on one leg for 30 seconds. Just see if you can get balanced. If you feel very, very unsteady, try the other leg and compare. Do you have to hold one foot behind your body, or can you just sort of like lean off to one side? What do you need to do on that single leg stance to get the other leg in the air? I'd like to see people achieve about 90 degrees of hip flexion, so kind of get that other foot up by your knee. But really, I just want to see people be able to hold that stance. A lot of our patients that come in, they get a foot up for about three seconds, and then the foot comes right back down. They can't even find a position that they can kind of even cheat it. Putting their foot on their other shin or anything like that, and they'll still be way off balance. It's a quick and easy test. I recommend anybody listening that's going to try these, have somebody standing there with you, kind of set up in a corner or something so you don't have a fall trying these tests. The test can be really simple, but, you know, going back to your earlier descriptions of what rehabilitation looks like, the tools you're using can be really complex. How much has vestibular rehabilitation changed, say, over the last five to ten years? I don't even think vestibular rehab was on a lot of people's radar about ten years ago. It would be probably in kind of some more rare specialty clinics that focus solely on that. The BPPV and the vertigo issues were like, who can I kind of defer this to? Or maybe the clinician was comfortable doing an Epley maneuver like a canalith repositioning. Otherwise, balance training was like standing on some foam, maybe reaching and doing some tasks that way. If you come into our clinic in Las Vegas, we have like a board suspended from chains that wobbles back and forth. We have a light board that lights up and you've got to reach out and touch it with your hands. So we keep people's vision fixed in the center, and they've got to kind of use peripheral vision and saccades to catch this light as it moves around. We have light bars that shine light back and forth, and we make people walk and follow the light that way. All different surfaces, big and squishy things, things that tip and tilt, like a BAPS board that you might use for ankle rehab, but from a physical therapy standpoint or a vestibular standpoint, they provide tilt to our patients as they're walking across it. And I always try to incorporate some sort of functional activity with it because I think it carries over better towards the patient goals. So if they have difficulty bending and twisting, we'll incorporate some sort of squatting down, touching something, then standing up and turning and reaching for something when patients say like, hey, you know, putting my dishes away makes me feel dizzy. When you're working with these patients, obviously, there's a huge difference between the potential, or at least likely, between the 75-year-old who's had a fall and the elite athlete who's in their 20s who's trying to maximize their vestibular system. So generalities are difficult, but nonetheless, how quickly can improvements be made to the vestibular system? If somebody thinks they might be a fall risk or they want to improve their system, how quickly can you make gains with that person? It is hard to say based off of the huge range of population that we might see and what other factors are at play. We tend to prescribe therapy for about six to eight weeks for our full falls older adults and see what sort of results we get in there. Generally two, sometimes three times a week, focused therapy. We've started incorporating a really kind of unique Pilates program with our older adults in our clinic that addresses some strength deficits as well in addition to these vestibular issues. So we're training to get a little bit more power out of the legs, some improved core stability in a way that allows the person to kind of lay flat on a reformer or on a Cadillac 
and get strong in a very low-risk situation that doesn't put a lot of abuse on their body. We've got a girl in town that helped us really develop this program through her studio, and it's given us great results. In addition to that, now we do the balance therapy with these clients, and they're responding again, like I said, in four to six weeks, we're really starting to see change. By eight weeks, people are progressing from possibly like mini-assist with transfers to standing up and down several repetitions independently. Their forward excursions have improved significantly. Their limits of stability are doing a lot better. Their vestibular scores have improved now that they're getting motion and stimulating that system. Once we're getting into that range, we start maybe looking into what part of the program can be done independently so they can stay active and stay healthy on their own and not become a committed client to therapy for the rest of their life. You mentioned move it or lose it earlier, and clearly somebody who has vestibular problems and balance problems, that can be just a huge factor in loss of independence. As a physical therapist, when you watch people improve through this and regain that independence, regain that ability to walk across a room unassisted or be able to feel that they can get out of the chair and do what they want to do, what does that mean to you? What does that feel like? It's one of the most rewarding things. What drew me to this profession was getting a lot of contact time with your patients and really being such a positive part of their life. Oftentimes, we see patients that are now on their fourth or fifth doctor's visit. They've gone to a cardiologist. They've gone to a neurologist. They've gone to an ENT, and they finally make their way into a balance clinic, and they're just so relieved to have somebody now working with them regularly to get better and feel better, and it's beyond rewarding. There's no real way to describe it other than coming to work is not work every day. You make a lot of really good friends. You meet also a lot of family members that sometimes are bringing mom and dad in to get therapy. And the family is just overwhelmingly filled with joy. They know that they're going to have their mom or their dad for many more years and they're going to be more involved with their lives. And now when they have kids and grandma gets to play with the grandkids and can get down on the floor and spend time with them and not just possibly be wheelchair bound or constantly be dependent on a walker is huge. We have a thing in our company that we call Love Your Life. It's how we sign off our emails. It's how we answer our phones. Is We want everybody that comes through our clinic to love their life. And we leave little cards at our counter that says, how have we helped you love your life? And we ask our patients to leave us a little message if they want when they finish care. And some of the letters that we get are just spectacular. RJ Williams, thank you for what you do, and thank you for spending time with us. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. To learn more about balance problems or conditions like vertigo, visit the Symptoms and Conditions area of MoveForwardPT.com. I'm Jason Bellamy. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guest is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com radio.